check. No. Yeah. Cheese is not a carb. Hey Siri. <laughs> Does cheese have carbs? Are you recording right now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I found something on the web about disease of carbs. Yeah. <laughs> we hate Siri. We hate Siri. <laughs> okay. 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 Are you sure? Because I feel like cheese has carbs. You can feel like it, but it's not true. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by April Cunningham, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, health and life coach, also known as The Influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. In this episode, we'll tackle another misunderstood component of essential nutrients, carbohydrates. On a previous episode, we discussed protein snobbery. This idea that protein is the almighty nutrient that we need in order for our bodies to be healthy. And today, we thought we'd address the misconception around carbohydrates. We want to look at how they work, what they mean for your body and your various goals, and the best sources of this vital and oh-so-delectable part of our diet. So let's start with you, April. Maybe you can help provide a little education on what kinds of foods naturally contain carbohydrates. Pretty much anything that's not a meat has carbohydrates. So that's your, um, your lentils, your pulses, your grains, um, of course your vegetables, your fruits, everything, everything contains carbs. Um, meat is the only thing that doesn't have appreciable carbs. We should probably say animal products what in general. Say? You said meat. But I'm guessing there are very few carbs in things like butter and cheese and eggs, in addition to chicken and steak and fish. I think that cheese does have carbs. Um, Fact check. No. Yeah. Cheese does not have carbs. Hey, Siri. <laughs> does cheese have carbs? Are you recording right now? Yeah. OK. OK. I found something on the web about disease of carbs. Yeah. <laughs> we hate Siri. <laughs> We hate Siri. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Are you sure? Because I feel like cheese has carbs. You can feel like it, but it's not true. No, I mean... One I, slice of I'm cheddar looking, cheese has I'm, 0.4 grams of carbs. So... That's still carbs. Ba barely but, appreciable. But I said in pretty much anything that comes from that any meat. Okay, you're saying cheese. It still does It has, it still has carbs, though. Grams. Okay, it's very, very few. Compared to other foods. So the fact check yields to April. So pretty much anything that is not meat um, contains carbs. So that would be your cereals, grains, pulses, vegetables, um, starches. Um, we talked about butter, cheese, these kinds of things. Also animal come from animal sources. Um, do not have appreciable carbs, but everything else, everything else um, has carbs. And we should note also that pretty much our mental function functions on carbs, um, even though it seems that protein is the almighty ingredient, as you pointed out, but carbs are super important 
for our nutrition. I'm so ready to fight you already. But let's start with pulses. <laughs> um, I'm going to come back to why I want to fight you in a second. What are pulses? I can't quite remember, so I don't want to go, I don't want to give a textbook definition. I have to pull up a, I have to pull it up, right? Okay. But it is different from um, a grain. It Pulse is a, I think it's a lentil, um, a type of thing that's a lentil, and that it is, um, yeah, I would have to look it up. And I don't really want to fight you, but when you were saying that, <laughs> that carbohydrates are what, like, feed your brain and let you be okay as a human, Basically, is what I heard when you said that. I was reminded of... <laughs> a little bit dramatic, but just saying you need carbs. That's Everybody needs carbs. mainly what I was trying to express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that part. But I was thinking about, um, and I, you know, no, no offense to anyone who grew up loving shredded wheat, but those commercials for breakfast cereals, basically like shredded wheat or frosted mini wheats, I guess, that would say, like, basically, you have to send your kids to school having had this as the breakfast or they won't be smart and do well on tests. Which Eat always Wheaties kind of thing. Yeah, which always irritated me. Like, really? That's the only way that people are going to be okay in life? Um, well, besides the fact, that's, Yeah, that's but, besides, but, but again, like we've talked before about the checkmark programs and how, you know, there are, there are food industries and lobbyists who get this kind of information out into the public with the blessing of the government. And so then we grow up thinking you have to have carbs in order to be smart. And I don't believe that that's true, by the way. Well, you do need carbs to be smart. <laughs> you, you need you need yep. a range yep. of nutrients. Um, <laughs> yep. But you don't necessarily need Wheaties. We'll get into that later. Per yep. se. Yep. Well, as somebody with a gluten allergy, I'll never have cereal or a bagel for breakfast again. So tell me that I'm not smart. <laughs> You are smart. Yeah. Totally. Those are not the only way to get carbs. Indeed. And there's things like <laughs> oatmeal, right, is a carb primarily. It has a little protein, right? Most actually vegetable sources, vegetable plant sources, I should say plant, not vegetable. Most plant sources have some degree of protein, right? Remember, we yes. talked about this. Like your, some of your big land animals, your gorilla, for example, they subsist almost entirely on carbs. Mm -hmm. Nobody questions whether they're strong enough or smart enough to do well. what they need to do and to put the smack down on a fellow gorilla if mm -hmm. they should step out of line. And yet they get it from plants, plants yeah. which are primarily carbs. Carbs. And giraffes. Exactly. And so the idea is that any human can get what they need from the plant kingdom, can get almost everything they need from the plant kingdom. Um, there are some, I believe, some gorillas that eat uh, a little bit of termites. Um, or monkeys that eat termites to get a little protein. So they that's an animal source, yeah, right? Mm. But the idea being that they get most of their nutrients from the plant kingdom, that's a compelling thing for these really strong animals. Humans um, shouldn't be much different. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll hold off on the fight for later. Oh, I mean, <laughs> thank you, ready. Bring it now. I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Lisa. Here, here, Lee. <laughs> now she today she wants to be Switzerland. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Previously, she's always taking your side. Oh, I'm equal opportunity. Blood <laughs> runs deep. <laughs> I'm equal opportunity. I'm on the winning team. There have been some pretty compelling <laughs> times where she sided with you, and I was like, really, a two brute? What's yeah. really happening? Mm -hmm. So, Lisa, you um, we have the benefit of having you on our team as a our resident fitness expert. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've done some studying related to carbohydrates and how they fuel your body and why they're good for us, mm -hmm. but also maybe why they're bad for us. So can you help educate all of us on the basics of carbohydrates? Yeah, you know, um, nutrition is one of those things that, you know, 
you can read about it and there's all this like conflicting information. So especially for myself, I try to break it down into ways that are just easy and simple for me to remember. And so um, I actually just I finished reading a book called, uh, I'm going to get it for you by it, but it's by a guy, Marcus Aubrey. Um, I think it's called Own the Day. And he breaks down all of the different nutritional um, components to your diet in terms of fitness. He's the owner of a company called On It. Uh, which is a fitness company, Company they make supplements. But he breaks it down really nicely in his book. He talks about uh, simple carbs. Basically, you can even call them simple sugars, and that's exactly what they are, versus complex carbs, which are exactly how they sound. So simple sugars or simple carbs um, are found like in sugar. They break down super quickly, which is why you get that crazy sugar rush, and then it drops you like a bomb. Um, but the complex carbs, which is what you're going to find in more starchy carbs, like your potatoes and things like that, um, they are more complex. They take longer for the body to break down, um, and they are actually a better source for carrying your nutrients and giving you sustained energy. Because when we're talking about carbs, we're really just talking about energy. It's how your body breaks down energy. And you can get it like fast and furious, or you can get it slow and sustained. And that's really, I think, the difference between the simple carbs and the complex carbs. But Carbs are your friend. You do need them. They are, you know, your your energy source. Yeah. And if you're going to be plant-based, you're yeah. pretty much carbs. Yeah. I mean, you, you're getting protein from the plant sources, right? But pretty much you're getting a lot of carbs. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was um, add on to what you said is that generally your complex carbs have more fiber, right? Mm-hmm. More broccoli has more than, say, white rice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both carbs, but they're not created equal. And one is going to burn faster than the other. And then you also get the added benefit of fiber to help. Things move along mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because death begins in the bowels. Yes. <laughs> so, Lisa, when you said slow and sustained versus fast and furious, I'm thinking kind of the tortoise and the hare. Right. That there are carbohydrates that are more like a tortoise, and we all know that he actually won the race. Right. And then there are others that are like the hare. Yeah. Um, and I think it's uh, very much the same. If If your day or your life would be the race, then absolutely you want the slow and sustained carbohydrates to push you through your day. Um, When you're talking about being able to perform better and for longer, um, having sustained energy, not having that crash at the end of the night or in the middle of the day, which a lot of people do because we do end up having those sugary cereals for breakfast, which take you way, way up. And then you, you know. You wash that down with some coffee and then you're up, 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 mm. up. Uh, and then midway through the day, you're crashing or then you're going for a second cup of coffee. Um, or reaching for a Snickers at 3 p.m. Yeah, a lot of people have to that get, slump in the afternoon yep, to get they that sugar want that rush. nap. Mm. It's not the things that you should be reaching for. Complex carbs, um, fats, actually. Those are the things that take but longer for your body to metabolize and... Um, it's going to help push all of your nutrients uh, for a sustained period throughout the day. It's like a nice, it's like a, ro- well, not like a roller coaster, right. but <laughs> opposite. <laughs> opposite of a roller coaster. Yeah, it's nice and slow and steady, and yeah. you, you come down at a normal speed too, which is, which is nice. That's no fun. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not as fun, don't get me wrong, but it's a lot more sustainable. And even when you talk about uh, eating for exercise, for sure. Um, you want to have that slow and sustained because, yeah, I I mean, I don't take a pre-workout anymore. I used to take pre-workouts. And one of the things that I found with pre-workouts is they're completely caffeine and sugar driven. Mm -hmm. And so you go up, up, up. And yeah, you can do this crazy stuff for like about 30 to 45 minutes. And then you are tapped out and you need a nap Um, versus 
if I'm eating healthier foods, more sustainable, I can get through a, a workout that's an entire hour and then still go home and do some things that I need to do and run my errands and go to bed feeling, yes, tired, but I had what I needed to push me through the day versus that like way high up right. in that drop. Can we talk about that roller coaster quickly because I, I learned about that too when I was health coaching. Do you wanna, can you speak to it? The roller coaster that happens when people you know, go way, way up and then they crash. And then generally we reach for something that's sweet or something that's gonna take us way back Cap up because it's, it's a quick hit yep. and then crash. And what kind of, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I can only speak to it for myself, right? But. I love that feeling of coffee in the morning. Like, I am up and at them and let's go. But by the time I get to work, I'm already crashing. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem because um, it doesn't get you to where you need to go. So I actually uh, implemented actually some of the stuff that he talked about in, in his book, which was not having coffee before you actually have fat for the day mm -hmm. because the fat is going to... Um, control how fast your body processes that caffeine. And I will tell you, it makes a world of difference. I'll wake up in the morning and have like scrambled eggs and avocado and a glass of water and wait about 30 minutes and then make my coffee. And that coffee rush will last me until like two o'clock where I feel naturally just at a good pace. Um, and then at two o'clock, I, I feel... Like, I've been working all day because I have, but I don't feel like I need a nap. I don't feel like I can't do this anymore. Um, it really gets me to the end of the day. So uh, minor tweaks like that in my diet, and I'm getting better at it the more that I really get into the fitness and educating myself on the different nutrients and how they work and how your body processes them. Um, I'm getting better at uh, tweaking my diet and tweaking what I'm eating to get that sustained energy and to get optimal results because that's really what everybody's trying to get, right? Optimal right. results. results. Um, what I learned, too, is that that roller coaster, you know, you, three o'clock slump, you have a Snickers, you go back up. And that roller coaster that people do, um, it's act, it actually creates a stress response mm -hmm. in the body. And the stress response is the thing that leads to all kinds of um, eating issues, um, lack of optimal energy. Um, and then there's, if you lack energy, you're not going to work out. You're not going to even have the um, mental capacity running that you should be um, mm -hmm. to engage with mm -hmm. your loved ones or at work. And um, it creates all kinds of, of issues. So mm -hmm. um, it's very important to have that sustained energy throughout the day that can carry you sailing smoothly versus on the rocky seas up and down mm -hmm. all day. It's very important. Sorry, the other thing that I learned recently is that coffee actually, after about six hours, half of it is still in your system. So I thought about that in terms of like reaching for that second coffee of the day when you are hitting that that low. Six hours, half of it is gone, but half of it is still in there. So then it's affecting how you sleep, mm -hmm. which in turn makes you not sleep well, you wake up tired, and the first thing you go for is that coffee, and you repeat that cycle all over again. So if you want to break the cycle of the up-down, up-down, you're going to have to break the cycle of how you're oh, eating. Yeah, how you're eating, how you're fueling. So is the that uh, up and then crash with coffee related to the caffeine or people adding, like, sugar and sweeteners? It's all of those things because, uh, so remember that sugars are metabolized very quickly by the body. Right. Um, so you burn out of them also quickly. Um, and so when you're just thinking about energy, period, if you have 
you know, any sort of energy source. You plug something into the wall, it fires up, you unplug it, and it drops. Choo! Yeah. <laughs> so sugars are the same way. People do add a lot of sugars to things. Um, and sugar in itself is not awful, but it can't be your primary energy source because it's not sustainable. It's not... Um, and it's not very nutrient-dense yeah, either. It's not it nutrient will dense, take yeah. you up, but it's not going to actually fuel as well, especially yeah. if you're working out and that kind of thing. Yeah. So is there any truth to the idea that if you're running some sort of longer distance that you need to carb load ahead of time? Well, if you're carb loading the right way, right, you don't want sugars because you're going to burn out of those. But if you have enough carbs that are going to fuel you for a longer period of time, yes, you know, um, also, carb loading, it depends on how you're looking at that word, too, because you're going to burn out of of all of them at some point in time. That's why a lot of marathon runners, um, they have all of those stations where they can refuel and, um, you know, eat some more carbs that can sustain them for a longer period of time. But, yes, the idea of carb loading is is a good idea, in my opinion, for sustained energy. Generally recommend a practice for if you're going to be running long distance yeah. or you're performing at a long. We yeah. should um, come back to, though, like carb loading. Vegans carb load all the time, really, yeah. right? Like our meals are, are um, and we, we don't say we're vegans 100% right on this team, but if you're plant-based or largely you are carb loading all the time and you're eating carbs for breakfast and lunch and dinner and you like it. I love it. I feel great. Um, so it really depends on what your goals are, I think, um, to determine what carb loading means for you and what, what kind of carb loading works for what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Okay. So in the podcast episode that we recorded or, or aired a few months ago now, Why Diets Fail, we talked about how low fat versus low carb and the studies in the documentary netted out that both work equally well. Mm -hmm. There really was very little difference between those two eating plans. However, the conclusion the moderator reached at the end is that sticking to whole food is always the best way to go. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the ugly truth of processed carbohydrates. Because I think that for most people making the transition to a plant-based lifestyle, and I'd say the American diet in general, the emphasis for the carbohydrates portion is not the fruits and vegetables and beans and other grains necessarily. It is definitely, oh, potato chips, and we joke even, french fries are plant-based. Yes, but are those necessarily the foods that you wanna be eating? Yeah, agreed. When I first, the first time I went vegan, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, um, I just took all the meat out and I added french fries. <laughs> and I could eat all the bread I wanted, french fries, right? And it wasn't very vegetable heavy, right? And there was this notion of like, I was a teenager actually, so it was even longer, right? So um, that I did it. <laughs> and I dropped weight. Boom. It was gone. Like, you know, I had a nice little booty and it went poof, right? Because I was eating less um, and I was eating, I wasn't eating meat, but it wasn't, it wasn't healthy. Um, so doing it in a way that is very thoughtful, which is why we're here, right? Because at The Jealous Vegan, because we recognize that it needs to be thoughtful and conscious. Uh, agreed. Um, for myself, I feel like whenever you put processed in front of, of any word, it's usually 
going to have a negative connotation there just because it, the way that our foods are processed nowadays, the things that's in them, um, a lot of the things that are used to quote-unquote process foods are ingredients that your body does not cannot readily identify. And so your body is not processing it the way it should be because it doesn't know what to do with it. So a lot of times processed foods are stored away in the garage <laughs> as storage. In the garage. <laughs> Where exactly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, you know, in the, you know, back door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's stored away because your body's like, don't know what this is. And so even when you talk about eating carbs that are good for you, if, it, if your body is not able to readily identify it for what it is, it's not going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of processed foods come out of, you know, the vending machine and come out of your fast food restaurants. Um, not only are they not whole foods, but they generally have additives yeah. that they put in it to sustain it, right? And to, to make so it, it more will, stable. Yeah. Last on the shelf for longer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, um, to, in my mind, and at least in my experience, there's a huge difference. I mean, gluten allergy aside, there's a huge difference between eating a bagel versus eating a potato even, um, or eating, and you mentioned rice, which I guess in and of itself is, is okay. Um, but I just have found that when I eliminated meat out of my diet, I feel like there are points where I've actually gained weight um, and then I, similar to what you were expressing, though, where you just basically take out meat and then you add in something comforting that fits within a plant-based framework, um, you become more of, as someone said, as a grainitarian as opposed to a vegetarian. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that we naturally reach for, you know, fruits and vegetables, which are great carbohydrates and will give you that, you know, brain health. Um, on and feeling of of smarts, which clearly I haven't had any today because I can't. I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> but you're doing great. There was a woman recently who came to me. I'm trying to think of who it was, but there was someone who came to me and was asking about. Um, uh, she said, "Okay, so I start. I took meat out. I'm following the jealous vegan. Cool. I took meat out. I'm hungry all the time." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's gonna happen." And and I said, "Well," she said, "Well, I, but but so I, I just what do I do?" I said, well, first, eat more. Eat. Um, second, what are you eating? Right? That's the determinant. If you're eating potato chips, you're replacing meat with potato chips or french fries or, or potatoes, um, you're not going to be full as long. Meat takes a lot longer to digest. Mm-hmm. So, yes, get used to eating more. When you're, when you're hungry, eat. But also eat the right things. And Complex carbohydrates are a great thing. Eat more broccoli, eat more spinach, eat more fruits, eat more, you know, whatever your vegetable is that you love, carb load, so to speak, air quote, um, and trust that your body is going to find its own equilibrium. It's going to take some time. It's used to having, being loaded down with meat at least two times a day and sometimes three, and now you've taken all that out. Well, your body's like, yo, I got all this processing power that... I'm not using, so I could go faster with the things that don't take as long. You really absolutely have to add that fiber in too, Mm -hmm. which slows down the digestion and allows you to get off the roller coaster and at the same time um, continue to eliminate efficiently. Yeah, Yeah, when I think about it, sorry, when I think about um, my breakfast, right? And so if I'll take um, avocado, cucumber, and tomato, 
even without putting it on a piece of bread or some other vehicle vessel for serving. Um, and I just put it on a plate and I cut it up and eat it. Or if I saute onions, spinach, and mushrooms, and I have that, I actually do feel full for a good, a long portion of the morning, much more so than eating a traditional American breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, or, but in my case, especially if it were something like a bagel or some cereal, including oatmeal, which I just didn't okay. feel like very, was very satisfying for me. That's telling because your body, to, for, to use your example, Jen, your body absolutely informs you. Like, yeah, I just don't like grains. Just, just doesn't do it for oh, me. Yeah. So I'm the vegan with no gluten and um, no grains, right? Which makes it harder because you have to be much more strategic. And basically, you get to you get to eat. The beautiful thing about your biology is you can eat all the fruits and vegetables you want, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not minus beans, either. right? Which are right. Uh, uh, plant based, um, a plant to come from a plant. Um, but that speaks to your biology, right? And it's telling you very much so what you need biologically. And let's just say that I'm not a vegan because... You well, know. we say that term. Yeah, we yeah, say yeah. plant-based, right? Yeah. Um, and with the understanding that we are not uh, vegans. You know, the biggest thing with transitioning to plant-based and even um, getting into the fitness industry and the health industry is uh, we are wildly misinformed, especially in the United States. And so a lot of it has, for me at least, meant that I have to do a lot of reading and I have to do a lot of research, figure out what a carb is, figure out where you can find it. Because in our minds, a carb is something that is white and fluffy. (laughs) And generally bad. Yeah, yeah. And we don't want it. (laughs) It's not good for you. Yeah, but that's not what carbs are. And you can find them, healthy sources of them. Doesn't have to be in bread, doesn't have to be in a potato. Um, There are healthy sources for getting them. And so, you know, I encourage people all the time when they are even thinking about going plant-based, changing their diet, changing the way they eat for exercising purposes. Uh, Educate yourself on what what you're looking for and how to get that thing and think outside of, we say this all the time, right? Think outside the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Think outside of what you've been told because it's very restrictive, that box that we have learned to eat under. Um, another thing that I like from the book that I read is he says, you have to eat stuff, weird stuff, stuff that you never eaten before. You have to, in order to get all the nutrients that you need, in order to create a complete diet, you have to eat a wide variety of things. So going for the things that you've always eaten are not going to get you the changes that you're looking for. Right. Because this is just not how change works. Which, to Jen's point, she made in a previous podcast was that, you know, quinoa is this, quote, air quote, ancient <laughs> grain that we <laughs> just, just discovered. discovered. Right. Um, eat outside of your palate. And we talk about this, too, right? Your cultural context informs what you feel is air quote normal mm-hmm. but in fact your cultural context may be the very thing that's at, at odds with your biology or your health fitness goals yeah um, I would say adding on to what you said Lula is that um, the as a health coach I, I coach people to listen to their body right what does your body say okay you have rice and you feel rice is perfectly acceptable it's a plant even if it's brown rice hey your body doesn't like it so here's the sound. And here's what you should be doing. So we've already talked about the fact that carbohydrates are vital for life. They are in 
really everything that comes from the earth that we consume. And they're important for, I guess it's debatable, but we'll say that they're important for brain health. And the reason that I say it's debatable is there's another popular diet trend uh, right now called the ketogenic diet. I would encourage people to take the time to research it for themselves. But the basic idea is to severely restrict carbohydrates, including those that come from fruit and vegetables, and instead use fat to fuel your body and your brain. So I think it's interesting, Leela, that you mentioned the book that you were reading and how he says, start your day with fat, even before introducing caffeine, so that the effects of it will last longer throughout the day. But do either of you have any firsthand experience with this eating plan? Um, which I'm guessing is no. <laughs> no. No, I have a visceral reaction to this health plan in general. I, I believe that fats are good for you. You eat the good fats, they slow it down, which is something that, just a quick side note, that we as a society are very anti-fat. Zero fat, no talk, you know, see things with no fat in something is supposed to make it Okay, you're supposed to make it you you know, lower calorie or something that you is good for a weight loss plan when in fact you absolutely need fat. You need good flat, fat and lots of it. Avocado, for example, um, is amazing. So <sighs> best fat there is probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. outside of like bacon. For, for Jen's biology, maybe somebody else would <laughs> disagree, but but it does, right? Oh, you I feel a difference avocado. when you have it. Yes. Um, and so just as a quick digression to say, yes, fats are good. We need good fats. Um, I have a visceral reaction to any diet because honestly, um, there are more than a hundred named diets and I don't, I have a belief that none of them um, work for everybody. Uh, the body is highly individualistic and each person needs to find what that works for them. Mm -hmm. um, Agreed. So it might work for some people. I think that they need to test that on their own body. Mm -hmm. um, and decide, make a decision from there, not this holistic thing of like, this is gonna work, this is gonna, you know, be the cure-all that I'm looking for to drop the weight that I wanna weight, that I wanna get to, or to have the body that I want. I just, mm -hmm. I just, I don't believe in diets. And even me from the fitness perspective, I, I'm the same way, I don't believe in diets. I believe that diets work half the time, <laughs> and half the time they don't, because, there's not a single diet that addresses every need for every person. So diets are always partially right and partially wrong. Mm. And I think the biggest thing for people is realizing what works for their body and eating in that way, knowing what your goals are. I can't stress enough being like just informed about what you're eating, why you're eating it, what you want it to do. Because um, I feel like that's really important, even in terms of diet. I, I'm a big um, fan of creating your own diet based on your own biology and what you need Agreed. and what you're looking to accomplish and not the large scope dieting. Um, and before this, I tried a couple, you know, carb-free and this and that, and they all worked relatively. Um, but I found that what has worked for me and what I recommend my clients to do is to really figure out what works for your body and eat that way. Yep. You know, and Agreed. what your goals are, why you're eating something, purposeful eating, you know, whether that's counting your macros or... There, there's a temporary gain you could get with a diet. Yeah, you can drop all the carbs, the, the simple carbs. And usually when they, this kinds of diets that say you limit your carbs, they mean your simple carbs. I don't, mm -hmm. um, they, yeah. you know, so... Um, 
Atkins, which nobody does anymore, right? Was the thing that you drop all your carbs, yeah. but the, it meant like all your simple carbs. You could have some limited vegetables, um, that kind of thing. But so you're going to get any kind of gain anytime you change your body. Um, you change your what you're eating habit. Your body has to reacclimate to. Wait, what mm-hmm. are you doing right now? Um, so there's going to be some gain, but is it sustainable? And also, you have the habit of the, the habit part of it. Like if you don't have a sustainable motivation for doing something saying i want to get into my bikini honestly is just not a sustainable motivator for anyone to adapt to a a lifestyle that's honestly hard it's hard to avoid carbs why because they're everywhere even the complex ones right um so they really are delicious too for the most part carbs yes right carbs are so good so so let's so let's kind of take the idea i liked what lisa said about um diets don't work, but let's call it an eating plan. So if you were trying to develop an eating plan for yourself, right, let's look at whether or not the ketogenic eating plan might be worthwhile. So first I want to start actually with the detractors, right, because I think that anytime you're doing research on something where people have had success, it's easy to find the success. So we'll leave it to the audience to go and find the hundreds and thousands of people who have developed a better way of life as a result of eating according to this plan. But there was an article published in Business Insider uh, earlier in 2018, I think it was over the summer, where they looked at nutritionists were studying whether or not this eating really fad had long-term potential for people to be healthier and to live better lives. And so what they determined was that it's better to reduce your sugar intake, right, which is one of the key principles of the ketogenic diet, but people typically will eliminate healthier carbs as well. And some of those, as you said earlier, include fiber, which means that they're not getting um, the plant-based foods that will help them to have a more rounded uh, a fully balanced diet. Nutritionally as well as fiber and elimination. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so really the conclusion that the scientists made was that focusing on healthy plant-based whole foods is a better long-term strategy than dieting. And I think that really anybody, I don't need a scientist to tell me that. Everybody already knows that. But one of the interesting things they talked about was filling your plate with plants is probably the best thing you can do and include vegetables, whole grains, healthy fats, and legumes. And don't include a lot of meat, milk, or highly processed foods that a gardener or farmer wouldn't recognize. And so I think that the problem with the ketogenic eating plan, like with most things in our society, is that people overdo it. So they take something to the extreme. And so instead of having, as we talk about, a plant-based or even plant-centered Um, view of food, you know, they'll have meat and meat and then maybe a vegetable or, you know, and that's how they're eliminating starch or carbs or um, sugars. And that that doesn't, um, that doesn't lead to long-term success. Yeah. 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 I I, I have a very, like, what I, the problem I have with even fair, right? That's basically what we understand. We embrace that whole um, idea that plants are always better for you, right? And eating whole plants, best, non-processed. But, you know, before the age of obesity became an issue, before this highly intellectualized way of eating, people didn't worry this much about what they ate. Yeah. 
They just ate. Yeah. Why? Because the body knows what it needs. We, we, we stress, and I, I will exempt people who have a very specific fitness goal or who are have a very specific um, um, health goal in terms of like, I want to run a marathon. Okay, well then how do you do that for yourself? But in general, this highly intellectual way of like, what can I eat? It's, there's yeah. no formula. Yes. There is no formula that covers every human on the planet. Everybody has to figure that out for themselves. And if you just listen, not with the intellect, but with our body intuition, it becomes pretty obvious. You know what? I like pears. Okay, I'm going to eat more pears. I like um, potatoes. I'm going to eat more potatoes. And we don't have to, the body will balance itself. If it needs more protein, you're going to crave something with more protein. And you can just listen to the craving. Yeah. Right. If you're craving potato chips, that actually is a sign. There's something you are not getting. You're you're pl- replaying or replacing with um, potato chips. That Which, pale- that's palliative, perhaps, right. or maybe it does satisfy it, but it's not in a way that's really the nutritionally sustainable way that you should be getting whatever it is that you're missing. So I, I call it out just to say I I I I hear you about the ketogenic diet and about diets in general, and I agree. Um, and that plants are better, but there's an argument here to be made for your body will just tell you what it needs. Yeah. I think my experience with potato chips specifically is that I'm not craving the potato chips. I'm craving the salt. The salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that there are ways to get that. In fact, sometimes what I'll do is, like, I buy um, unsalted almond butter. And so I'll just take a teaspoon of that and I'll add some um, sea salt. And that actually gives me the fat that's satisfying, but also that little bit of saltiness that for whatever reason I'm craving. Um, and yeah, I think that we do typically crave things. Um, and sometimes we're not attuned to what we're actually, our body's actually asking, asking for. for. Exactly. Um, so we just go to the first thing, our brain takes us to the first thing that identifies like, oh yeah, that's got that thing, or that is that thing that I want. When really it probably just contains the thing that you want. And in this highly processed, highly high society where we have all this available processed food and we are emotional because we're tired and we're overworked and we, you know, feel like there's all these things we should be doing. I should be working out. I should be spending more time with my kids. I should be doing this. I should be doing. We'll reach for something that is a quick fix. Potato chips can pop the bag and we've got this thing that satisfies us for the moment, but it may or may not have actually satisfied the real need. Yeah. And I think that's. Another thing about really being in tune with your body, knowing what you're eating and why. A lot of times, I know for myself, when I do crave potato chips, it is the salt. It's not really the potato chips. Mm-hmm. But what happens is you pop that bag of potato chips, you eat the whole bag of potato <laughs> chips. You got the salt. Yep. You, you got more got salt <laughs> than you needed. Like yeah. if you would have just known, okay, my body's eating a little bit of salt. And yes, you add it to an avocado, right? You sprinkle some sea salt on there. You get your salt fixed. Your body is... It has what it needs, but we end up overdoing it because we don't actually know what the body is asking for. And like to speak to your point when you were talking about um, fitness people eating a specific specific type of diet. If you really look at athletes and fitness people, what they're eating is not a diet. They're eating a regimen of nutrients that they need for whatever their specific thing is, but they're not subscribing to no carbs. They might say, I'm not going to have this in the morning, or I'm only going to have so many grams of this or whatever, because, but it's very, um, targeted, targeted and, and thought out eating, which I think everyone should do. I know it's like, 
Nobody has time because you're not an athlete. But I think people should be a lot more aware of what they're eating and why and how to get those things that you need to perform optimally, whatever that is for you. Um, but I can't stress enough just be just knowing what you need and why. And even timing. I feel like timing is really important when you're eating something and how it's going to affect what happens after that. Um, and that's the difference between athletes and they, they're eating for a specific purpose at a specific time and certain things, but they don't diet usually. Right. They, right. They, uh, can we call out too quickly the, um, the idea that eating for emotional health too, right? Because I noticed that when I want potato chips, I'm stressed. Yeah. And uh, research suggests that salt helps to um, add, helps to palliate, add a palliative effect for the adrenals. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Right. So it's not just your body needs something for nutrient value. Your body is trying to calm Some, yourself. Yeah. And if you're not focused on that, um, to your point, made me think of it, Leela, with athletes like, yeah, but we all need food for as fuel for our emotional health as yeah, well. And if you're eating all this processed food, how is your body getting? It's going to get the quick fix that's available, even though what you might really need is some avocado or you might need to sit down somewhere and meditate for five minutes yeah. so you can calm yourself. Right. And then the craving goes away. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also noticed that I crave potato chips specifically when I'm really hungry. So I've waited too long oh. to your point, Leela, about timing. Yep. I waited too long. First thing I want potato chips. But really, if I don't eat potato chips and I have a meal, I find I don't want potato chips after I've eaten a meal. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not only because I'm not hungry anymore, but also mm, craving just went away. Don't need it. So that I pull that out for the emotional component too, fitness, health, and emotions, which we sometimes marginalize because we're just like, I just need to look a certain size. And a lot of times the diets are targeted to people who need to lose weight or who need to watch their sugar or manage diabetes or something. Yeah. But there are plenty of ways and more individualistic ways by listening to the body to get exactly what we need. The thing about diets, too, which I always find to be interesting is, you know, they are based on the law of specificity. I don't I can never <laughs> say this word. Good right. job. Good job. <laughs> specificity. specificity. There you go. But basically that the law states that the body is going to adapt to whatever's happening. So when you go on a diet, absolutely. People see results in the first couple of weeks because your body is adapting. Once the body has adapted, it stops. And then people are like, that diet worked for two weeks and then it stopped working. Your body adapt, adapted to the new thing that you were doing. And that's how diets kind of get you because you feel like they're working. But well, and that, and Are they though? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it speaks to the point, right? Like they're highly in, the body is so highly individualistic. Yeah, okay, whoa, what we're doing? You just pulled the rug out of my, from under my feet. Now I need to figure out yeah. what's the new ground. And once I figure that out, it's the same, Lila, you and I talked about this with muscles. Like you can't stay on the same fitness routine nope. for perpetuity. Why? Because the body will adapt and eventually. Yep, that thing that was performing. so hard is not hard anymore. Yep. Body's like, I got that. Yeah, what else? What else you got? Yep. Been here. And if, and if you don't give it anything, then you'll plateau right there. And I find people with their fitness routine are the same way. You do something the first couple of times, it's like really hard. And then by the end, it's like not so hard anymore. But if you stay right there, you're also not going to see the changes anymore. People are like, oh, in the first three weeks, like I dropped all this weight because your body's like, yeah, trying to figure it out. But once it figures it out, it's like, all right, well, that's 
Child's play. Right? It's amazing. Yeah. Like, what that. else you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Puzzle so, solved. Fascinating. What else? Fascinating. Clearly, there's so much more that we could say about this topic, but we're going to pause here and we'll revisit this in a future episode. We'll see you in the next episode. Please connect with us on social media at thejealousvegan.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please go to thejealousvegan.com and sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content in support of your plant-based journey. And remember, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.